0: There's a new feeling that's there instantly, and maybe it might take a, t- a couple of times based on how severe the trauma was, but for the most part, it's already lessened after one time, and they feel different. This is Life
1: Transformation Radio. Prepare to engage. Seatbelt activated. 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 Download... Initiated.
2: Your quantum journey, a transformation,
1: begins in three, two, 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 one.
2: Welcome to Life Transformation Radio. Hi, I'm Rob Actis, best-selling author of The Law of Action, voice actor, business mindset coach, the podcast whisperer, and Mr. Action himself. Here at Life Transformation Radio, we are committed to share more about real life, love, the power of positivity, romance, and of course, laughter. We care about helping others find their internal drive and purpose. We celebrate life's challenges and overcoming them. On the show, my guests are amazing people who are forces for good in the world around them and live a life of transformation. My guest today does just that. Today in this episode, Charlie Ray and I delve into the transformative journey of addressing emotional issues by taking actionable steps rather than merely just having a conversation about that through personal experiences, insights, he's going to be sharing all about what has transformed in his life. So if you want to explore the profound impact of emphasizing what others pain and discover effective methods to heal emotional wounds promptly, well, this is the show for you. Charlie Ray is a resilient individual whose life took an unexpected turn after a devastating tragedy. In 2010, he lost his 14 year old son, Christopher, to a misdiagnosed depression, leading to the unimaginable loss. Charlie dedicated for a decade of developing a powerful technique called neuro-associative disruption, which effectively reprograms the subconscious mind to break free from hindering patterns. I'm so excited to talk about this today. Charlie, welcome to Life Transformation Radio.
0: Hey, thanks for having me, Rob. I really appreciate it. Thank you.
2: Absolutely. Well, first of all, um, I know it's been a long time, but I will tell you, uh, my heart breaks for you. It yeah. absolutely breaks for you. It, um, you just can't imagine now my daughter is alive, so I can almost, but we prepared for death 72, 72 times every hour. They kept telling us she was going to die and they're like, it's gonna be really bad. You gotta prepare. She's gonna die. Um, and the thought of losing your child is like nothing mattered, like yeah. nothing, like you know, it was like, she dies. I'm going to go home. What am I going to do? Nothing. What, what am I going to do? Your kids, your life. So my, my heart goes out to you, even though it's been that long, I'm sure every day you're like, wow, you know, Christopher. Yeah. It doesn't, it
0: doesn't get easier. I know they said with time, um, that pain goes away and, and maybe for a parent or something like that, or, um, a distant friendship or a classmate, but for your own child, like that no. pain is so resident in, in my life every single day, multiple times a day, images that come in, songs that make me cry. It never stops.
2: Yeah. Yeah. My, I, you know, my 14 year old daughter, um, when she was 14, she had uh, four strokes, had brain surgery. They removed part of her left frontal lobe. Oh and, gosh. um, on Wednesday, uh, we we're in the hospital again and she had, um, it was a very, very intense seizure in her brain that mimicked a stroke. And what happened was she lost use of her body, the other, the, you know, the right side. Um, it was, it was terrifying. And the one thing that I've worked so hard and it's been a long time, you know, it's back in,
1: Ten years is um, the PTSD man. It never goes yeah. away. Like it yeah. just, it just, it just, it
2: just came back. And you know, you think that you're strong with your brain, and that's one of the things I was excited to have you on here because neuroassociative disruption sounds amazing. Because it was like I was in the hospital ten years ago, and all the noises and the beeps and the bells and all that stuff. And she hasn't been in the hospital for a while. We've been in the hospital many times and, um, it wrecks you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was in the hospital with one of my daughters in the same children's hospital, not the same floor, but the same layout. And I remember walking around with her in the hospital. And I remember walking over to a certain area where Christopher's room would have been, maybe on yeah. a different floor, but it looked exactly the same. And I felt it like I felt it. I remember the day, like it's there, like it was yesterday.
2: Yeah. We were in the same brand of hospital, but not the same hospital,
1: but everything looks the same.
2: Mm-hmm. It's the same. It's, it's amazing how strong our brains are. And what yeah. we're able to accomplish. And, you know, people say, get over stuff. And you think about it, you know, like, oh, can okay, I get over it? Um,
1: it's not about getting over. It's about really learning to live with it.
2: And when I say live, you know, people can say, oh, you got to learn to live with it. No, it means to go forward with your life
1: after what has occurred. Yeah, 100%. Like that's. So it was in
0: 2010, Christopher had committed suicide. And so I remember that we, we, we actually went out for dinner that night and we get a call from my nine year old daughter, Michaela, that Christopher's not moving. He's not responding. I think he's playing a joke. And my heart just sunk and I knew something was wrong. Raced home down to the basement. And he took his life. We started CPR. They brought him out to a local hospital. They flew him via helicopter out to the local children's hospital where he was on life support for about three days. Wow. And there was nothing that we could do to save his life. And I remember being in that room with Michaela, who felt so much guilt, like she should have done more. Having to tell her that her brother was not coming home, like the guilt that you have for like, knowing that she saw that, at like that age as a father, when you just want to protect your child. But like, I look at her now, she's so strong, so resilient, such an amazing person. So all of these traumas in our life can hold us to where we're at and not let us move forward or it can build such amazing resiliency and utilize that to leverage a better life for ourselves.
2: Yeah. Yesterday I, I'm trying to like sort of change the subject a little bit because I'm yeah. going to cry. I yeah. you know, it just, it's I'll okay to nod. cry. You know, I, I do f- it all the time. <laughs> no. Yeah, I do too. Um, you know, 14 year old son, 14 year old daughter, that's a very pivotal mm-hmm. um, time. So, um the podcast that i just released today um with my good friend travis Greenlee, he was diagnosed with cancer and um it was bad they gave him like a very short amount of time to live mm. and um he said no nah, i'm not going to die and he has totally reinvented his life um he lives a life by design he lives in steamboat springs colorado skis 182 days a year, <laughs> is on a mountain bike every day. Um, he's a business consultant. Um, but what he teaches people to do is how to live their life by design. But what he was talking about was, yeah, this happened. And out of it was a miracle. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, Christopher taking his life and not longer being here is a miracle. However, um, by looking in your eyes when you were talking there actually was miracles mm-hmm. with, with your daughter, um, with you, the impact that you make, you know, what my daughter went through, the impact that I'm able to make now is incredible.
1: And um, it's rough and it never, it never gets easier. But, you know, out of, out of the
2: ashes rises the Phoenix and out of this, you if you don't look at the miracles of what this has done, then
1: I don't think you could survive. If you don't get out of the, you couldn't, you, yeah. you have you have to find, um, you know, I'm getting upset because, um,
2: so many kids yeah, take their lives. That's
0: and that's that's a lot of what I do um, dealing with those situations too, and just just the kids being able to hear my story and know that they're not alone. Because that's the one thing that builds rapport is that I tell that story. I'm open. Right. I'm authentic. I'm vulnerable. Everyone sees that, and guess what? The wall comes down. Right. And people will share things with me that they've never shared with anyone before because they can feel the energy, the true intent is to impact your life and make sure that you don't have to suffer. And we we're talking about that miracle. We're talking about Christopher and the gift I always tell him at the end of my speeches when I'm done speaking, I say the gift that Christopher gave me was the ability to feel that pain in myself so deep and that hurt, but guess what? I can feel that pain in you, and it drives me to take it away, and that's yeah. my gift that he gave me.
1: Yeah, that's
2: that's a beautiful gift, you know. Uh, what you talk about with a uh, misdiagnosed depression, I, I'm just going to assume that you know there's so many kids on on these drugs um, prescribed, and there are so many side effects, and one of them very, very, uh, present side effects is
1: that people want to take their lives. And, um, man, I, I, like I said, you know,
2: my heart breaks for you and, and for Christopher and your family. And then I think of all the other
1: kids that, you know, especially over COVID. I mean, I have people yeah. that I have a friend that worked at a mortuary
2: and she was sharing with me all of the teens and preteens
1: that were coming in from suicide. You know, they do yeah. talk about it on the news. But um, it's pretty serious. Oh, it's, it's pretty very serious. serious. Yeah, 100%. And I didn't, I don't know
0: if you knew the rest of my story, but after Christopher passed away, about eight months after that, I get a call from my mom. And she's crying on the phone. And she's telling me my, my brother-in-law, Terry, at the age of 40, had a massive heart attack and died in his sleep, leaving my sister and their newborn. Four months after that happened, I get another call from my mom. My dad was diagnosed with lung cancer. And then it sp- he had some chemo. It spread to his brain. And he died four months after that. A month after my dad passed away, my mom was having all these bleeding issues, and I was begging her to go to the hospital, and she's like, I don't want to go. So I have her call. The, I had the on-call nurse call my mom because she's old school and doesn't want to go to the doctor, grew right. up during the Great Depression. So the nurse convinces her to go. I remember sitting there. She doesn't go. They bring her, do all these tests. I, I just remember seeing the two doctors sitting outside the room. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, shit, now what? And they come in, and they're like, yeah, you have cancer. And I just broke down crying. Because throughout that whole time, I felt numb. Like, I felt, I was still numb from my son's death two years ago. It just dis- yeah. it didn't even feel real. And then my mom died a few months after that. And then I got divorced. And then I found myself wanting to end my life. And so I ended up in a... um in a, one of the medical facilities because I want and to end rehab. my life and that's my, my rock bottom. And I'm like, this is not going to take me. There's something more that's going to come from it. And that's when I started going.
2: That's what I started well, building. I'm really happy that yeah, you didn't take your life because you do make a significant impact. And, you know, I have a handful of friends that have committed suicide and, um, I have a, a good friend and his best friend committed suicide yesterday. Mm. And um, we're having a conversation and um, it's a lot. And, you know, we talk about the miracles and I will say that over my life and the stress that I've had and, you know, we all think of like, I just wish I wasn't here. You know, I think that's different from I'm going to take my life. But one of the things
1: that I think is a true miracle that, that I've gotten is that I learned the immense impact that
2: suicide has on their survivors. Mm-hmm. And anytime I've ever been down and even just blinked of like, I was going to, you know, whatever happened, you know, go through divorce, whatever it is. Okay. Or even just processing what my daughter went through. You just like, it's just so much. And um, that's the one thing that the miracle that I got um, from the
1: people that took their lives is I, no matter how much pain I have, I would, I would not do that to them. Now, if you are
2: suicidal based on medicine, your brain is not functioning correctly. Yeah. It's actually telling you to do that. So yeah. I'm in no way, you know, saying, Oh, what I'm saying is that the people that have taken their life for different reasons, um, truly a miracle. And that's one of the things that I've been able to do in my passion and my commitment is to get people to really understand that at any moment your world can change just, just like that. Yeah. And it could be really good or it could be really bad. Mm-hmm. A death of a child, a death of a parent, your death. So, I always implore people to look at their life and live every day like they want to be alive. Cause there's no guarantee. I'm on yeah. borrowed time. Yeah. You're probably on borrowed time because mm-hmm. of, of the, the choices that you made. And luckily, you know, you got, you got, uh, some, some assistance, but there's so many people that that go through life and they're just like a, a sailboat without a rudder. They just kind of even flow. And you have to take a stand for your life and live your life like you want to be alive. Because truly, at any moment, it can go. Fortunately for me, my daughter didn't pass, but she was in a coma and we prepared for her death. And then, you know, unfortunately for you, um, Christopher took his life mm-hmm. and it, it happens. So every moment, I mean,
1: I would imagine the one thing that you thought of. When you realize he was gone, well, what, what did you think? Like, what, what did you think
2: when, like, he's gone? What, what did you think? I think
0: at that point, it was very, I, I mean, I remember when, so we, we they har- our, harvest his organs, right? We did the o- right. organ donation, so we pretty much had to say goodbye to him because he was still, he was brain dead. But I remember walking out of there and I remember just like, it just did not seem real. For the longest time, it did not seem real. And like you talk about this pain. It's a different pain. I almost want to say this pain is so deep inside you that it's not like a physical pain, right? The physical pain, you know, it's going to stop. But this pain, it's so hard to describe that it's so deep inside you. And when that starts to come up, it's like, and, and we have, and we had, you know, three other kids or two other kids. And then Grayson came along. So three other kids at the time. So, you know, I have to be there for my kids too. I was actually 355 pounds and after I went into the the hospital, I was like, no, I had a gastric bypass. I lost like 179 pounds. I, I lost a ton of weight. And I was just like, I, and maybe I'm different than somebody else. Right. Cause I was just driven. I was like, and there was a lot of healing that needed to be done. There was a lot of grief. We went to grief counseling like every week we were in it and our kids were in it. And so we're doing all the things that we needed to do. But then there was just this drive and this almost this calling, this feel, like you need to impact people's lives. And I just went at learning everything I could possibly learn to just impact people's lives. And the one thing I always learned is just being true and authentic and not shutting your feelings down, but expressing your feelings and sharing them with somebody that you trust that's not going to yeah. judge you for how you're feeling or how you're thinking. Because we all need somebody like that, that we can just pick up the phone and talk to, and they're not there to judge you. They're just there right. to listen. Because that's sometimes all we need is somebody to listen. And, I've, and I found a couple of those people as I was going through that that would just listen to what I had to say in my struggles. And that really helps you move yeah. to that next level.
2: Yeah, absolutely. All right. So you have come up with a powerful technique. You say that powerful technique. Mm-hmm. It's neuro associative disruption. So break it down. Tell me. So uh, peel that onion. Yeah,
0: so the one thing, like when I meet with people, I can figure out what's wrong really, really quick. So I identify what's called, I call the four fears, right? Either I don't feel like I'm loved, I don't feel like I'm good enough, I don't feel like I'm significant or I don't feel like I'm connected. I just, and there's so much more to it, right? Because you can have layers underneath that. But once you kind of identify where that is, and then I always start from the very, very root, the very, very bottom. A lot of this develops at childhood from mom and dad and not like right. mom and dad are trying to screw us up or anything. It's just, it's their programming. I call it programming, right? Yeah. So we kind of look at, you know, well, what's the earliest memory you had that you felt anxious or depressed or not loved or not significant? What was that emotional reaction? And so once I can find that, then that's where the real work begins. And I do this all within about 15 minutes, about a half an hour. And the, the process is about 15 minutes. And by the time they open their eyes, they're like, oh, my gosh. And some people I've met with one time. I met with a girl that was a domestic violence victim. She was having PTSD so bad. It was six to seven episodes per week, on average 20 minutes up to an hour long, where sometimes she would curl up in the fetal position, reliving the experience. I did a different procedure, not the, not the neuroassociative disruption, but a different one for PTSD. And so when I did this one with her, when she was done, after about 10 minutes, she gave me a video testimonial about six uh about four months later, she was having one, maybe two per week, no more than three to five minutes long. Her whole life shifted so she could start working on herself.
2: Wow. Yeah. Now, is there steps that someone can take um, in this or is it just they have to meet with you or? So. I mean, I do have like
0: videos out in different courses, like minor courses, but it's really hard to do on your own because basically it's almost like um, I grabbed a couple of different modalities that were really, really powerful and kind of put them together and notice like, oh my gosh, this is working so rapidly. So it's kind of like getting out of your body. So you close your eyes, you kind of float out of yourself where you're at, right? And we kind of right. cut, cut the connection with where we're at right now. Um, we blacken out that area and then we go back to that past event and we go back to that past event and we look down at that event and we're kind of disassociated from it, right? So we want to draw, how did that empower you? How did that moment in time, that moment in life make you stronger? Because we can learn from everything. Even my son's death made me stronger. And so that's the new empowering belief system that we have. And then we think of that new empowering feeling. And so I, and I tell them to lock it in their subconscious mind, right? And then we identify the emotions, we float down into the event. So we actually see it through our own eyes. And so as we're seeing that through our own eyes, what we do is typically from when they're floating above, back down into it, it's already lessened or it's gone, or maybe it's still there. But as we float back out of our body, back up into like your timeline, kind of like timeline therapy, we're above that and we're like looking down and then we cut the energy connection from that. And then we fade that area out. We fade it out, fade out the memory. And so as we do that, we just do it about two more times. We float over two other events. So by the time they float back down and open their eyes, it's lessened. And so when I've done this with people just one time, they said, Hey, something else came up for me, but I kind of like floated above and let go of the energy. So they're learning from it. And that's the power because like a lot of coaches or a lot of programs are set up. How do we keep those people in the program? I don't want right. to keep you in the program. I want to fix you and go around the world, fixing this world so you don't have to live with these emotional traumas. And I don't ever want to see you again because I want you to heal yourself. That's the power behind it.
2: Yeah. I like that. You know, I love what you talked about with energy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the trauma that I have from my daughter and even just the near-death experiences that I've had, it, it never goes away because it's a memory you have. You mm-hmm. don't, you know, I can tell you if you've suppressed memories, uh, when they come back, not good. Because no. I had some childhood memories come back to me recently. And I'm like, I it's what's amazing about your brain is it actually can hide stuff in your brain
1: mm-hmm.
2: and you don't even think about it. Yeah. It's kind of like, like being in a room with a TV on and you have no idea the TV's on or there's a taco bar in there. You have no idea. You're going about your life and that taco bar is always there and you're walking in and out of your house and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, you get a whiff of a taco and then you're like, Oh, the taco bar. It's been there the whole time. Mm-hmm. But it's a really fascinating to me yeah. how, like I said, I, I was telling my wife, I'm like, that's incredible. I totally had no recollection of that. And now that it's back, I definitely have a recollection. Yeah, And I know that it really happened because I know that I knew my life when it was there and I knew and then all of a sudden it just goes away mm-hmm. but the energy is what so you still have the trauma for whatever yep. happened but you don't have it actually lessens the so, dark shadow yeah it's just not there it's mm-hmm. kind of like um, I, I'll, I don't know I did a lot of graphics today it's kind of like it turns the opacity so you have Photoshop and you look at a photo and you have layers mm-hmm. you can reduce the opacity yep it's still there.
0: Yeah. But. That's the, exactly, that is such a good analogy
2: right there. That's so good. That's exactly what it is. I would imagine this. If you were to take your, your arm or your arm like this, and you were to like take your nail and push straight down, mm-hmm. like just push as hard as you can. Yeah. That hurts. Yeah. And then if you slowly, slowly, slowly remove that, and you have, you can feel that sharp nail, it still hurts, but it's nowhere near what it was when you're pressing yeah. full. And I think what happens is with trauma, and God bless that woman, and I don't want to call her a sexual assault victim. I want to call her a sexual assault survivor. I've had a lot of sexual assault survivors on this show. Mm-hmm. and um, That's survival, and they're not victims, mm-hmm. and they fight like yeah. so hard um, to get over that. Yeah. You know, I should have you just talk to all my guests. I mean, I have a guest and she was a child and her parents sold her off to this really super rich guy to go. Uh, makes me sick. Yeah. Be her husband. Yeah. Or be her wife. And, um, you know, I, I've had people that have been kidnapped off the street on this, that I've interviewed <laughs> on this show that been taken into uh, sex trafficking and,
0: I've worked with all of what? those people that you've just described. I've worked with every single one of them.
2: And it's yeah, that's just, amazing.
0: Yeah, it's just going in there and taking that moment and lessening it so it doesn't and empowering it, right? So so when they go back to the that moment and they think about it, it's almost like they have a new feeling instead of feeling depressed right. or anxious. Yeah. There's a new feeling that's there instantly and maybe it might take a, t- a couple of times based on how severe the trauma was but for the most part it's already lessened after one time and they feel different and it doesn't empower them it doesn't make them who they are and so they're actually starting to rebuild like i after christopher's death had to rebuild what would be a new life for me right
2: yeah and you know um it's been proven that Mental trauma, when you do an MRI, you can see it. It's physical.
1: Mm-hmm. And people say, oh, it's just mental. It's physical. It impacts your brain. You can see it. And,
2: um, you know, a lot of people discount that. And I, a lot of people discount, you know, going to grief therapy. I will tell you, and I just discovered this on another podcast I was listening to. Um, I go it's called uh, hashimoto's disease mm, yep, and what I learned about that
1: is it's caused by death in childhood. It's trauma from death in childhood. that's how powerful our brain is it's it's what it
2: is is it's the grief that was not. Um,
1: dissipated and was not dealt with. Um, you know, there's, there's so many people
2: that have gone through so much. You know, just people that have gone through COVID.
1: That was, I don't think people understand if they just stop for a moment of
2: actually what the last three years of our life have been like mm-hmm. not getting political not getting any side left or right or center or anything like that but the trauma mm-hmm. that
1: has been caused and a lot of the trauma was just and people still have it is pure and utter terror fear mm-hmm that
2: they don't even know why they're so afraid. And they're just trying to get through life.
1: And a lot of what they experienced might not have even been real, but it was real to them because their
2: mind went on and said, what about this? What about this? What about this? The human condition
1: you mentioned you mentioned um, the
0: Hashimoto's disease, and I'm working yeah. with a ten year old boy right now that has dealt with that and everything is fearful. And so yeah. because his mind works so quickly, I have 15 minute sessions every week with him. And so I'm gonna reprogram his mind and how he believes because we reprogram it through the technique that I do, or we can do it over and over again. And the analogy I make, when you talk about like this emotional trauma, if you take a nail and nail it into the board a whole bunch of times, and imagine if it, that's just words, let's say, and these words yeah. that are said to you over and over again, and nailed into that board. If you take that nail out, the hole's still there. That's how this emotional trauma works for us. Oh my God, why are you such a baby? They're only words, like why? Because they're, they're, those words, like I always tell this story, I call it the ungrateful little shit story because that's what my mom would call us. But it started when I was six years old. I remember this memory, we'd go down to the basement, we had to clean all this stuff up and she gets so mad and frustrated and she was crying because we did not do it the way she wanted us to. But at six years old, I started thinking, okay, I wasn't good enough. I was never good enough. I was never loved. It wasn't the case, but it developed codependency in me. And I was always a people pleaser because I didn't know how to set my own values and boundaries within myself. But that happened over and over and over again. And that's emotional trauma. And it's easier said for somebody that hasn't experienced it to come in and say, oh, you should just be tough. Just ignore it. Well, that's easier said than done without the right technique to release it and let it go.
2: Yeah, one of the biggest things that the biggest farces growing up is sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And that's not true because mm-hmm. they do. Yeah. Because what happens is our brain is so complex that we create all types of scenarios and story about it. And our subconscious gets involved mm-hmm. and our conscious. And, you know, when we're in our alpha theta, our alpha state mm-hmm. or our theta, you know, all those different or beta it, when we sleep and all that is absorbing from some little, you know, kid getting called, you know, your little shit. Yeah. Clean it. You, you're not, you know, like, you don't appreciate this. Yeah. I do all this for you, you little shit. Mm-hmm. That, that has a significant impact. Yeah. And I, I hear people go, sticks and stones will break your no, bones, but names are Well, for one thing, I don't know about you, but if you're in a, a violent situation, whether, you know, an aggressive situation, someone yelling at you. Mm-hmm. For me, it feels like you hit me with a stick or a board. I, I physically feel it someone yells at me, I physically feel it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm well-trained in martial arts and, and I'm very much into uh, mindfulness and meditation. Yep. So, and I'm old, I'm an old guy, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a grown ass man. And so I've, you know, I've got a history of being on this earth a long time in that you can say a lot to me now, it's not going to have the same impact. Yeah. Probably won't have any because I really don't. I don't yeah. give a crap what people think. I just don't. Like you, you, I know who I am yeah. and I'm solid. But children and even younger people in their twenties, thirties, even forties, um, they they don't have. They're not a rhino yet. I'm a rhino. You know, in in regards to those words, I really am. I, it's funny. I, I never thought I'd be that, but you, you know, you, I don't know about you, but you grow up and you see guys like, ah, I don't care, whatever you call me, you know, yeah. you know, the neighbor that was like the paint. Ah, don't stand on my grass. You're, a, you know, you're mean. I don't care. You know, whatever. Um, <laughs> you just don't care.
0: Yeah. You, don't. you know,
2: or, you know, the guys that wear the black socks with the sandals I saw the other day. I mean, he doesn't care what no. people think of him like at all. No, he just doesn't. <laughs> so, you tend
0: not as you get older, you know, it's all about fitting in. And as you get older, it's all about standing out in your own power. And, like, you don't want to surround yourself with people that don't want to support you. So you don't go to those places anymore.
2: Yeah. Or you go to those places and you hold your head up high yeah. and you radiate energy that people just don't want to be around you.
0: You mentioned energy. Yes. And you mentioned right energy and, like... It's so interesting cuz I do the meditation in fact when I go to bed at night I listen to the different frequencies different times like pink,
2: yeah pink noise I yeah. I'm, I'm hooked on pink noise now that's so much beautiful lucid dreams yeah. from pink noise yeah but the, oh, the interesting thing that.
0: about it though is that now I have shifted my mind specifically more because they always say, hey, we spend about 5% of our day in the conscious mind and about 95% in the subconscious. Well, if you can right. rewrite the programs in the subconscious, hey, that's fine, that's great. Things aren't gonna impact you anymore, it's gonna empower you. When you get down, you get right back up very quickly. But now when you can actually, and I did the other day, this happened to me, where I brought my computer, because the internet was down at my house, I brought it to the Starbucks, my, my laptop was a little bit older, but it wasn't hooking up, and I was getting a little frustrated, but I could actually feel myself getting frustrated in the conscious. And so I was just like, "Okay, what's your solution, Charlie? What are you going to do?" And then I, and then I figured out a solution, right? So you're as you meditate, that meditation is so key to be actually yeah. able to live in the conscious state it is amazing to be able to tap into that energy from the conscious yeah. state
2: it's it's a lot less stressful. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, People drive crazy. People can cut me off, whatever they can do, whatever they want. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Bless you. Love and light to you, my friend. I, I don't want to get engaged in that. No. Not my circus, not my monkeys. Just not. I don't, I don't need to prove anything to anybody. Yeah. Just don't. I, I want to live every day like I want to be alive and I want to surround myself with the people that are my tribe, my family, the people that if something happened to me or them, that would be such a loss. I was just like, man, I just want to spend five more minutes with them or share a meal or, you know, watch a movie or yeah, listen to music. That's the one thing.
0: It's definitely interesting when you talk about like conscious and subconscious, because when I was four years old, I remember I was running over to bring some shoes with the neighbor girl to my sister who was doing a play and I, I was coming back. I'd run across the street and she'd tell me to come back and it was a busier street. Well, the third time I did it, I was running across the street. There was a drunk driver sitting on the side of the road and he ran over me. And I remember I died in my mom's arms. She was holding me. I was floating up. I saw her holding me crying, and I, saw, I could see every one of my neighbor's faces. And then I saw like a white light, and then boom, loaded into the ambulance. But when I came back home, see, I was a kid where I'd get in your lap, and I'd st- sit down and read a book. But when I got back home, I'd be kicking and screaming and having temper tantrums. And so what happened? I was diagnosed with ADHD. And then later yeah. bipolar, but they didn't know anything back in 78, much about traumatic brain injuries, which is obvious what I had. But so it's so, it's so easy to get looped into a diagnosis. And then, and then you live your whole life, because when I ask people, hey, what's wrong with you? They always, oh, I'm depressed. I have this. I have this. And then I said, well, where did you hear that? Well, my doctor told me that. I'm like, well, what do you think that's wrong with you? And there are a lot of them like, well, I don't know. So it's like, you see, I mean, you're being yeah. told what to think. Not that saying being on medication is wrong by any means, but like you're being told what you are rather than knowing
1: who or what you are. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's fascinating to me of, and as I get older of the experiences that you have in your life and how you absorb those experiences. Yes.
2: And I say absorb is really it because it does, it absorbs in you trauma. It absorbs in you. You can feel it in all of your soul. You know, I, I was in an armed robbery
1: and, uh, had a 357 Magnum put to my, my face. Mm. And, um, it was really scary. It was really, really scary, and the one thing that I was thinking was, "I'm going to miss everybody." Hmm.
2: And then the one thing that I discovered about me, and I, I mentioned this yesterday in the podcast because it's kind of coming up lately, um, is. I have a very interesting mind and I've always seen the forest through the trees. Like if you put an acorn in my head, my hand, I'm going to see the forest. I'm like, I mm-hmm. see a forest. Love I love I see very far. I'm a visionary. I, yeah. I see very far in the future. And, um, it was amazing. This guy standing here, they, he walked in, he walked in, they, they shot their guns. It was a fired gun. So he wasn't messing around.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, um, I was getting a pair of pants or a shirt for a date mm-hmm. and, uh, I heard the noise and I turned around and there was a right in, my, right in my face. And you think there's option one, you're gonna live, option two, you're gonna die. And those are the options. My mind went and raced. My mind was maybe there's a sniper. Maybe he's got a laser scope. Maybe he's gonna shoot this guy. Maybe Maybe someone's armed, maybe someone has a gun maybe he's going to have a heart attack because he's so amped up because he was so hyped up, you know, maybe, 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 you know, what's going to happen. Um, instead of that, you know, when people look at trauma and something happens, I'm traumatized. <laughs> That's my life. No, there's 150 other scenarios that can reshape your life and how you can reshape your life. And it's important to realize that, you know, just because something has happened now, and my mom says this all the time. Mom's 94, brilliant woman. When you're going through hell, just keep going. Mm-hmm. Like if you're going through hell, just keep going. Yes. And that's been one of my philosophies for a long time. And then, I had someone tell me this story, and it's very interesting because I have some things that I've had to deal with that have, um, you know, unfortunately, circumstances from COVID. And uh, we lost a couple of businesses over COVID, and there's remnants of that. And so uncomfortable discussions or things that have to happen. And um, I think it was, I don't know who, maybe I guess, I don't know who told me this, but someone told me this, is that, and this is Yellowstone, when, when there's a storm coming, mm-hmm. all the other animals, all the animals run yep. away from the storm. They just go. And that storm just follows you and follows you and follows you. And then the mighty, majestic, badass buffalo yep. or bison, they turn and they do it slow. And they just go. Dun, 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 dun. And the storm is passing them anyways. And then all of a sudden, they're in sunshine, and they go graze and get some grass, mm-hmm. as opposed to the other animals that are not dealing with the circumstance and running from the circumstance. I love that story, 100%. And my favorite, I, I, it, it, it calls me to the carpet a lot. I'm like, dude, are you running from the rain? Yeah. Are you, are you a buffalo? hmm And then you got to be a buffalo. Yeah. So I got one question for yeah. you. Yeah. It's the one word question. Imagine there's a neon sign right behind you on that white wall. And that one word, that neon sign
1: that lights up oh so bright, defines Charlie Ray. What is that one word? Believing. I like it. I can see it. Yeah. Believing. It's just belief. Because
0: when you believe in yourself, and believe that you are loved believe that you are good enough the belief starts with you and so if you believe in yourself that's the first step to healing yourself because we got to fix ourselves first so belief in fixing ourselves before like you know the analogy of when the the things drop from the airplane you put it on yourself first we have to fix right. ourselves first before we get 100%. into a relationship before we do this do we anything that we do Fix yourself because you'll be much Can't happier. take
2: care of others. Can't take care of others unless you take care of yeah. yourself. And it's hard because as humans, we don't want to take care of ourselves. No. Most people don't. They just don't. They don't feel worthy. Yeah. No. Charlie, thank you so much. First off, just thank you for being uh, just so bold in this conversation it's going to help a lot of people so i'm Love really it. glad yeah, that you absolutely. reached out and glad to have you on the show and just thanks for being here yeah I absolutely really
0: appreciate it yeah we should set up a call and and uh let me do that ptsd thing for you and see how you uh how that affects definitely open I'm, to it
2: i'm all in yeah i'm all in and ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for your support and taking the time out of your busy and precious day to listen to Life Transformation Radio. I so appreciate it. Thank you for allowing me alone, my very special guest, Charlie Ray, to touch your heart, move your soul, and inspire you to live a life of transformation. I'm Rob Actis. Until next time.
0: This is Life Transformation Radio.
1: Download complete.